Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and elders who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to the incredible PR expert, motivational speaker, and mindfulness coach, Michelle Lamont. Are you sick of suffering, feeling alone, and choosing the wrong path? partners, and just that life's too hard feeling. Michelle's been there and she's learned those hard lessons. She's here today teaching you how to choose that easier path and listen to your higher self. Growing up in an orphanage, thinking you had to fight your way to get to the top, she's learned that it's through quiet listening to that inner calling that real answers come. Since then, she knows her mission is to show you your path there as well. She's the host of Manifesting Miracles podcast, where she's personally manifested interviewing with with Oprah Winfrey, Kim Kardashian, Cindy Crawford, all kinds of incredible people. And she also gives just such an incredible information to help you align with your true calling. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Michelle J. Lamont. Thank you. Thank you. And hello, everybody. Now, I know that you've gotten to this place of listening to your inner calling and it did not come to you easily. You were very successful in the past and gone through your times like we all have our time in it. And I got to watch you manifest moving to the house on the water in Florida, which has been very exciting to you, your lessons and then being able to get quiet for, I think you're from Columbia, right? Uh, You have that kind of heritage in you, like that's kind of different, probably kind of tough for you. How did you get to that place and how do you listen to that inner calling? That's a lot of questions wrapped up into one, so I'll apologize. Well, for the people who speak Spanish, solamente que claro que sí, which means of course we can. You know, I'm my mom's only child born in America, first child born in America. My brothers were born in Colombia and I'm a Texan, manifested in beautiful, sunny St. Pete, island of St. Pete, Florida, 13 miles of white sandy beach. But as you said, I did start off in a very interesting way. My mother died of undifferentiated cancer when I was 11. And I was a very spoiled little girl. And 90 days after my mom died, my dad drove me down to Waco, Texas, which is about three hours away, kept my brothers and my younger sister, and I became orphaned. I lost my mother, my father, my brothers and sisters, and my whole reality, which is obviously part of the bigger plan of because obviously I love a lot of contrast. So I came here to Earth the teaching planet to really understand contrast <laughs> and and move through it and step into my higher self. And I'm very thankful that all those versions of Michelle stayed the course. Yeah, there must be a lot of abandonment issues that you've had to work through. You know, there I was I married somebody who was so similar to my father in so many ways that it was a very emotionally, mentally, and verbally abusive marriage. And people would say to me, like, well, how could you tolerate that? How could you sustain that? And I'm like, I I was in prison from the age of 11 to 17, homeless, without a family and no options. So as soon as I got to college, the first person that was nice to me, I never thought I could get anything better. And I never thought, even though in that relationship, I could get anything more. So this version, the Michalita, the Colombian, you know, energetic version that's alive and well now, she had slowly died on the vine. And she started out as a big, juicy little baby grape, but she was like a sad little dried up raisin, like nobody even wanted, like nobody wanted this grape. (laughs) 
But through all those trials and tribulations and finally divorcing him and stepping into my higher self, I attempted suicide because I really just didn't see a way out. And I just thought my dad didn't want me. My husband hated me. All I'm good for is making money. And that's ridiculous. I want out. And a miracle happened that night. And that miracle was in May of 2016. And from that point forward, my life really took very altered. What was the miracle that happened? So the miracle that happened was I had, and if you haven't listened to Manifesting Miracles, it's episode two, but I had, I'm a very goal oriented person. So I wanted to make sure that I survived suicide perfectly, meaning that I did it all the way. So I studied all the reasons like people puke it up. So I knew how to put socks in my mouth, what kind of tape to use, what kind of bag to use to fall into my pool perfectly. I drove around looking for ways to crash overpasses in Dallas, but there was always so much traffic on our freeway. I thought I'm going to kill somebody and I didn't want to do that. I couldn't do the gun thing. So I decided I was going to take all these. I went to a doctor and that's why I'm a vegetarian now. And I don't take any medicine and I don't go to doctors and I've never looked better or felt better in my life. And so, or made as much money. <laughs> like life has never been better when I walked away from all of these perceived realities that I was trying to fulfill that weren't me. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. So it was D-Day, it was death day. And in my life insurance, I left money for the dogs and the house would be paid off and somebody would live in the house until the dogs died. Had I went to a psychologist and he prescribed me Ambien and Xanax. And then Adderall to wake up from this induced coma that he was putting me into every single day. So I'm walking around like a zombie, really. And as you can see, I'm a very talkative person, but you would just meet me and I was just like, oh, I want to die. 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 And I stored up all that medicine. And so one of the things that happens is when you attempt suicide is that you miscount. And so you wake up. So I didn't eat for a couple of days to get my bloodstream really clear. Had I took Baybell cheese, crammed them full of Xanaxes and Ambien's, had five lined up. And I'm in my backyard ready to eat, start. I ate my first play bell, got the first piece of duct tape out. Second bay bell, two more pieces of duct tape. And third was really going to make me out very hard. I had to stay awake to the fourth one. That was the goal. And if I was still awake, shove that fifth one in. There's no way I could tolerate that. And I had my sock. So I put it in my mouth, put the duct tape on, put the thing on and hopefully be out. By the fourth one, just kind of stay awake. I had a blind dog, a deaf dog, a crazy dog, and an old dog. And they were four different sizes. And as I went to go get the next piece of cheese and had my steel socks and everything ready, one by one, my dogs came out into the backyard at like three o'clock in the morning and sat in a row. And if you've ever had a dog in your life, you can give them all the Benadryl in the world and they don't take photos with Santa or anything. And I've had to get private photographers come into my home to take him and then they edit it. So they all looked like they were in a row and they were not, but one by one, almost in size order, they lined up and just stared at me. And I kept telling them to go inside and they wouldn't. And it was in that moment that I realized I wasn't supposed to die and I wasn't supposed to do this. And I start taking everything and trying to puke and called a friend of mine who was a nurse and she brought over itch attached or something to help me vomit it up. And from that next day, I said, all right, if I'm going to trust you again, God, if you perform that miracle, you've got to take me all the way because this is 
a terrible way to live. And I'm going to throw out every single piece of this medicine that's in my house right now. I'm never going back to another doctor. It's you. You're my doctor. What's the prescription? And I said, this is what I need. I need six to $7,000 a month. I don't need to work. I need to study. I need to rest. I need to heal. And I kept sludging through the PR contracts that I had until about 90 days later, somebody offered me, two people offered me a contract, one to coach for 5,000 a month and one to do PR. And I would get 5,000 a month to do one press release. And so it was four a quarter that they wanted. And that was it. And they just deposited it into my account. And the coaching one, I had no idea how that happened. But she was like, hey, I heard that you're coaching people and you're so well known and blah, blah, blah. Would you start, would you take me on as a client at 5K? And I'm like, sure, that sounds great to me. So we would meet once a week for two hours and that was it. And I got on this incredible path to discover how energy works, what it is about tapping into our ancestors, using crystals, understanding energy and understanding that you and God aren't separate and that God is us. I'm God. God is me. God is inside of me. I can tap in and tune on, tune into that power anytime that I want. And that clarity that came with it also brought all these old low vibrational feelings. Like I'm not really worth it, worthy of this. You have to work hard for money, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what did you do with uh, I'm not worthy of this? Like, what did you learn to do? So I'm not worthy started way back at the orphanage. I'm uh, saying, oh, so for somebody listening, yeah. what do they do with those kind of limiting beliefs? Right. So you learn that in some way, somebody teaches you how worthless you are. And that beautiful teacher that seems like it's a villain in our life is actually our hero. They're our superhero. And so I went back and created a whole new relationship with my father who was deceased and I forgave him in 25 page letter, all the things that I never said that I needed, you know, you forgot this birthday. You didn't come here. You abandoned me. Why wasn't I good enough? You know, blah, blah, blah. Then I wrote a second letter and the letter was about four pages from him to me. And he wrote all the things that he loved loved about me and all the things that mattered in life and how sorry he was and how he didn't know he he did his best and all the things that I imagined he would have said had he been the type of person who could have gotten to that stage in life. And once I read those two, I had learned about transmuting energy through fire. So I lit those things on fire, threw them in that pool. Then I ended up realizing, well, I don't want to swim in that energy. So I drained my pool and started using bowls after that because I'm like lighting them on fire. I'm like, oh, and then I'm like the next morning, I'm like, oh man, all that stuff's in my pool. I need to drain my pool (laughs) and start over. And so then after that, I started using bowls of water and then doing it on certain moon cycles. But in the beginning, that's what I did. And I, you have to understand that there is no true wasted suffering and that suffering should be looked at in a really different way. And so if you've never been homeless or eaten government cheese, maybe this is too far of a stretch for you to imagine. But no matter where you are energetically, what you've endured, sexual assault, loss of somebody you love, miscarriages, I've had five miscarriages and no babies, three IVF transfers. I understand divorce. I understand. So wherever you are on that spectrum, the amount of grief is not equal to the amount of prosperity you're going to receive. It's just indication of what you wanted 
for this incarnation. And so if you start to perceive and understand what's going on in your life in a very different way, you'll be able to transmute that energy and manifest things into your life because of that, not in spite of it. And I I used to have like this big chip on my shoulder, you know, like, don't mess with me, you know. I'm this, I'm tough girl, I'm blah, blah, blah. And it was awful. I was aging super fast. Now nobody can guess my age. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. We'll go that age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm actually happy. It's not like if you had a camera on and then as soon as you come on, all of a sudden I'm happy. No, I mean, I spent... 25 minutes laughing with my dogs this morning and then talking to my angels and my guides. And I'm like, well, what miracle am I going to have today? Because now I just insist on them. I'm in agreement with them. I'm, I'm very worthy of it where I just felt so worthless that I didn't think I even deserved to be on the planet. And so I'm very thankful for everything. And if you don't have a way to forgive somebody, the easiest thing to remember is that you've been the victim and the villain in someone's life. None of us walk around just absolutely perfect walking on clouds and never offend or hurt anybody. Now, the degree of what we've hurt and done to people may be different, but you're not perfect. And so this person, place, entity, situation that caused you to feel worthless, that caused you so much suffering, it was just supposed to be the speed bump and not the mountain. And you're getting the message wrong. So first, forgive that person, place, situation, or thing. And the second, forgive yourself because you did everything you had to do to survive that. And you're here now and you're listening. And your angels and your guides made sure that you tuned in today for this higher opportunity for you to evolve. Don't waste it. You only got this one day. Tomorrow, that's not promised. What do you tell somebody who's having a hard time for the first step just to to take an action? What would you say the first action they should take would be? You know, first thing that I do with my coaching clients is I absolutely make them start a gratitude journal. And sometimes they're so dark in a dark place, they can't get there. And I'm like, you're overthinking. Just start with the top of your head. Do you have any hair? Yeah. Okay. Thank God for my hair. That's it. Send me that. We're done. Because as you know, as when I went back and got my second certificate degree, whatever you want to call these things that we get on paper here as humans, mindfulness, cognitive therapy, not because I wanted to be a counselor, but because I wanted to understand the psychology of how somebody like me, who's an overachiever and so intelligent could be bogged down to the point of suicide. And I never wanted to be in that position. Or if I helped somebody, I wanted to make sure that I understood the mentality of a person. And in this class, during this time period, we had this one instructor and he showed us the study of the brain. And if you can just wake up and the first 60 seconds come up with one thing, it doesn't matter what it is. You had allergies yesterday. You woke up and they're not as strong. My allergies are not as strong. First thought, whatever it is, my gratitude journal is under my pillow. So as soon as I wake up and stretch, I feel it, I grab it, I just get the pen out before I can see if it's cloudy or it's sunny or I have a slew of text messages or emails or whatever's going on. And that one little thing, that one habit after 30 days, it slows your amygdala down. So if you slice your brain open, your amygdala is right over your ear and that's your reactionary part of your brain. So before we go into philosophical, spiritual, energetic things, let's just start with how our brain actually functions. So So if you can slow this reactionary fight, flight, fornicate, fear, all the Fs, there's seven of them that we have from when we were, you know, being chased by dinosaurs and slow that down and get into our beta frontal lobe thinking for just a minute, you will rewire your brain. It's a proven absolute fact. 
So if you can rewire that brain scientifically and you slow that fat pattern down, your negativity, your depression, your unaligned thinking starts to become less active. Right now, it's like the little kid, mommy, 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 right? And so you're constantly thinking like, oh God, I, you know, I hope my tire doesn't go flat and then your tire goes flat. I don't have money for anything. And you know, then everything comes up. Well, you're a manifesting manifester. So you're becoming a magnet. And so the more you talk about all the things you don't have, the universe only responds to vibration. And so it says, all right, well, this must really make her happy to talk about all this lack. Let's give her something else to complain about. Let's give her something else to have negativity towards. And then when you stop focusing in on that, you're like, you know what? Like, I can't believe my dog just farted for two minutes. Like literally that's what happened. She was like, toot, 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 toot. And I just started cracking up laughing. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Did you get too many treats yesterday? Then my other dog starts pawing. We're trying to get my gratitude journal out to send to all my coaching clients. And that's the very first thing that you have to do to not only rewire your brain, but reset your energy. And so the psychological aspect and the energy aspect uh, in my coaching program or how I do it, it has to be in combination. So I just kind of take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And as you expand and grow, you'll look at things really so much differently because your, your brain isn't thinking the same way anymore. And when your brain doesn't think the same way anymore, your frontal lobe, higher mentality thinking starts to come in and say, well, is that really what you want to call in today? And so you have to decide, do I take the call from Susan? Susan is going to complain about her husband and how he's cheating and da, 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 da. Or do I let Susan figure this out on her own because I'm not helping her? And what I'm doing is I'm listening to Susan and I'm going, yep, he's cheating. Yep, I agree. It was a shitty marriage. Everything's going terrible. Everything's awful. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Susan can't figure it out now because she has somebody that's going to hear all of her problems. Instead of saying, you know what, Susan, I believe that you know what to do. And as soon as you're ready to file for divorce or go to counseling with him, I'm your girl. I'll drive with you. I'll wait outside with you. I'm solution oriented. But if you're just going to be on that hamster wheel and never do anything about it, then you're lowering my vibration. Yeah, And that's, that's too expensive. So what's the most common question that people come to you with? Okay. So the first one is, why am I not married? Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Everyone's so concerned that, about being I know, I know. Where's my soulmate, right? Where's my soulmate? Okay. That's the first one. The second one is money. Is and money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, you know, I can't manifest money. So I always do a really simple thing and I make, I do it in groups. Let's all manifest $5. And so I'll teach them how to manifest $5. I'll say, okay, let's just start with something simple. It's only energy. So we're disconnected from this energy, either in love or in money or in jobs or relationships or whatever it is. And you can't imagine manifesting a million dollars. You shouldn't say it because it's never going to happen anyway, because you don't believe it. That's why all the lottery winners, they wanted to win the lottery. They didn't want to become millionaires. They win the lottery. They're not an energetic match to the money and they instantly lose it because they don't know how to handle it. They were never a vibration. So for it. true. It's so true. Yeah. Go, keep going. Keep going. All they can do is manifest winning the lottery. And then the universe says, all right, now we're going to manifest losing the money because you don't really believe you deserved it. You still can't believe you won it as opposed to manifesting it and being a vibrational match to it. You don't have to do anything and it'll just appear because now 
you're in the same gateway as where all the desires that you have come. So somebody says, well, you know, I don't understand how that works. So let's take it down to something really simple. If everybody's listening right now, close their eyes and imagine an orange. Everybody knows the color. It's the name of it. Everybody knows what it feels like. So in your hand, imagine holding it, squeezing it, feels juicy. If you start to peel it, that drip's going to come out. You know what I'm talking about. Now I want you to take that orange and put it up to your nose. And on the count of three, I want you to take a really good deep breath. One, two, three. Okay. Now you can smell that orange, can't you? And the second that you smell that orange is the absolute truth that you can manifest anything. And here's why. The orange wasn't really there. Just like anything else that isn't really here. We know an orange exists and we were actually able to smell it because that's how powerful our mind and our energy is. And so if the orange can appear in your mentality and you can smell it, once you start delving into that type of practices and energy, you can just start visualizing and tapping into your husband, your money, your house, your dream job, whatever it is, it's no different. But we do this exercise to show you that you're overthinking it. And we just, you know, like that old saying, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, it really is that way. And we try to put all these little packages and spins and everything. But for me, I just say, why are you, you know, I can't manifest any money. Every time I get money, I lose it. Well, why are you manifesting losing it? Why are you such a match to losing it? Sounds like you got the attracting right. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'll get it and then I lose it. I'll get it and I lose it. And I said, but that's the fun of it. You want it in and out and in and out and in and out. It's not the destination. It's the journey. If you're not having fun creating, you're never going to be able to get good at manifesting. So I always wake up and I'm like, I wonder, I literally, literally do think, I wonder what miracle is going to happen today. Like that's a lot. Usually my first thought of the day, second thought is where's my gratitude journal. I got to do my gratitude journal. And it's that creative process that allows you to tap into your God source energy. And so in that creative state where you're visualizing your wedding or you're visualizing your significant other, or you're visualizing the way your honeymoon is going to go, you're now sending a message to that energy saying, when I arrive on my honeymoon, it's going to be phenomenal. I might even get upgraded. If you're not already in first class, why don't you bring me some first class energy angels? That'd be kind of cool. Let's see that. And so you start expecting things to go better and to be wonderful. The universe, God, isn't going to disagree. He's like, I love this. Yeah, let's do that. So how important is listening in the process? To yourself? Yeah. I mean, and just be in when it's hard for people to just sit still or get quiet and listening. Well, you know, I meditate a lot. I meditate probably on average, I would say two hours a day, but I'm ADHD and it, it was very hard for me in the beginning. So one of the things in that mindfulness cognitive training was that to be a master meditator and a mindfulness expert, I had to sit in a loud place like a target and meditate for a half hour with people walking past you. Because for me, I wanted to have like the gold stars. You know, I was like, I, I have to be the master meditator. I can't just be a meditation expert. I gotta be a master meditation expert. And this instructor said it so perfectly. 
I was asking him all these questions like, well, what if I fall asleep? I keep falling asleep. And what if it if this and my butt hurts? And like, I'm not a skinny girl. I'm, you know, I'm a size 12, you know, like my butt rolls off my, my pad thing. And, you know, like that. I so get it. I had this series of things and I was in the beginning one. I was like, I want to hurry up and get to the advance. Like, and I'm like, which is the antithesis of meditation to hurry up and get to the advance. Like, a hurry, it's just absurd. But yeah, I get it. So he told me you can never get it wrong. Yeah. And once I really believed that and understood that I could meditate. So if you are in the beginning stages, don't beat yourself up. Do it at night. Do a guided meditation to go to sleep to. Go to YouTube and look up dark guided meditation. Dark meaning dark screen. So there's no light in your room. Play a 15 minute or 20 minute guided meditation and go to sleep. You are putting your amygdala in a state of rest where I can finally just breathe for a moment. And as you go to sleep, you're going into a higher state of thinking. And right when you wake up, have that journal right next to you and write down everything that you heard when you wake up. Because now you're in a higher vibrational state and your mind is more open and it's thinking more clearly until the kid cries or the emails or the text messages, yeah, whatever it is, right. you know, whatever's going on in the world. And besides what's going on in the world just like in your little world. So if you can do a guided meditation for 30 days and feel like, well, all I'm doing is going to sleep. Yeah, you're doing a great job at it. Keep doing that. Then switch over on day 31 and add this in, a morning med guided meditation. Five minutes, just five minutes. Let them choose the words and tell the story to you because it's a visualization. They're like, first look at your feet. Now realize that you're standing on the ocean. Now walk towards the shore. Now you can hear a seagull. Now you can hear this, you can hear that. And so your mind gets to take this little journey and that's meditation. So after you can do a guided meditation for a while, then you can kind of say like, you know, maybe I can just do it to a sound, sound bath or a vibration or even just in silence. So really everything you've been saying is a message of hope. Do you have a message of hope that you want to give? The fact that you are listening to this podcast means that you resonate with the hope within you. And I can guarantee you that you're never going to tune in to this show that you're listening to me on, Laura's show, and hear something that is going to lower your vibration. So absolutely know that you're being guided to these messages. If you are listening to something that doesn't make you feel like you are worthy of being here, doesn't make you feel lifted, doesn't make you feel happy, change the channel. Stop listening to it because hope is your divine right. God gave you this choice to either say yes or to say no. And fear is a liar. So do not come in this carnation and listen to a liar. Find more shows like this. Listen to music of positivity. And it's not about being Pollyanna because I'm definitely a realist, but it's about understanding that whatever vibration you're tuning into, you're going to get more of. And if you have any doubt, you can Instagram message me, DM me, and I will put you in the right direction. Here's this yeah. book. Yeah. Here's this book. Here's this book. Yeah. You know? And we'll have links to all of Michelle's everything on the show notes on the website. Well, hope is a four letter word. So is love. And so is fear. Which one are you going to go with? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much for being a guest that's today. So I'm 52 weeks of hope. I know. We finally got to do this. It's yeah. so great. I'm excited. Thank you so much. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Michelle's messages of your higher self, listening with openness, and no, we've got this together kind of a mission. Such great messages to take into our week ahead. Join us in our Facebook group where we talk about gratitude and healing and reaching your biggest dreams. We also have a monthly meetup in the 52 Weeks of Hope Facebook group with one of the guests leading each month in a healing modality. September is a really cool breathwork session for you, so be sure to join the Facebook group if you haven't already for September's free breathwork session. If you want to be in the know, get on our email list at 52weeksofhope.com. Be sure to tune in next week for intuitive media coach Jannie Moon. At the age of 28, Jannie got honest after going through some serious emotional pain. She did 10 years of spiritual work and a lot of personal growth, which landed Jannie producing Mel Robbins for over a decade in New York City. Since then, she's been a media coach with top thought leaders and influencers. And her episode next week tells you how to transform yourself into that live talent you've been dying to be. She teaches you how to tap into your own creative flow and shine your own inner light. She's just so cool. You'll love her instantly and feel empowered your own unique message that's next week she's just so great i love talking to janny thank you so much for listening if you're enjoying the podcast please tell two of your friends as well as leave us a positive review i'm lauren abrams thanks for listening